This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, Lil Killers, and welcome back to Spilling Eve Season 3 finale episode. We finally made it. Later on in the show, I'm going to be joined by the wonderful Maddie Foley to discuss and read your Eve mails. But for now, let's just get into the recap. So we open uh, on Royal Albert Hall. I had a really hard time saying that. Royal Albert Hall. And it seems like there is some sort of symphony in progress. And Villanelle is walking up the stairs and she's wearing this like very strange sparkly sequence pink scarf and she meets Carolyn and it's our first little gasp of the episode full of gasps and she basically asks if she can work for MI6 and Carolyn's like oh you want to kill for us and Villanelle very quickly is like no 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 that's not what I had in mind and she says she'll do other spy stuff, but like she doesn't really have a plan and Carolyn does not seem interested. So Carolyn asks her outright who killed Mo and who killed Kenny. Ha ha ha. Who killed Kenny? And Villanelle doesn't know. And Carolyn basically turns her down on the spot. Then we cut to Papa K in the hospital and a nurse is taking his vitals and he's like, discharge me. I'm fine. And she's like, just had a heart attack and Dasha is like laughing from the other side and Constantine basically as soon as the nurse is gone you know jumps up and starts gathering his stuff to go and Dasha taunts him a bit and says that he and Villanelle have both sort of gone soft but then very quickly she begs him to stay and talks about missing her son and they have a real quick little mom and pop argument which we had posited might happen on the podcast uh where they're kind of arguing over the way that they had both raised villanelle and then dasha dies as constantine just walks out the door not looking back and that's a wrap on dasha i guess villanelle is meanwhile sitting at a table of some kind at this dance hall and Eve shows up. If you had watched the promos, this was all over the promos and all over the internet. And Eve sits down and it's very gentle between the two of them. And she asks, like, why here? And Villanelle tells her that this was the location of her first ever kill in England. And Eve can kind of tell that Villanelle is upset. And they end up dancing. Eve is the one who initiates them dancing. And it's very intimate but it doesn't feel very like uh, to me sexual it's just it they both seem so broken at this point and it's like they both kind of just need this and Villanelle is sort of burrowing her head into Eve's hair and she sadly sort of confesses you know I've killed so many people and Eve says yeah she knows and they have this sort of almost flirty banter but again, it, it's very heavy and they talk about one of the older couples on the dance floor and that being them or like it, it's it's really fascinating. 
But before it can get too truly romantic, Rianne shows up and Villanelle basically sends Eve off with a paper that she says has freedom on it. And Rianne makes her way over to Villanelle and says that Helene wants to see her. And we get a very funny interaction between the two of them. Villanelle basically goading Rianne and Rianne just could not have less of a sense of humor. It's just not there for it at all. And her name is pronounced Helene because Carolyn says it in this episode, finally. Uh, so confirmation on that, friends. Villanelle and Rianne wait for the tube. That's right. That's what subways are called in England, and I absolutely know that. Uh, Villanelle asks why she's dressed so drab. And again, this was a clip that we saw on promos, but it still was so fun. And Rianne's basically saying that she was trained to dress to have a full range of motion and obviously like she's in all black in comfortable clothes and that makes sense for a spy and Villanelle's like mm, I was trained to look devastating and it's it's just it's a really funny moment and then Rianne basically gets fed up with how playful and cavalier Villanelle is being and says something like you know, keep keep it up. Keep yucking it up, buddy, because guess what? I'm just as good as you and I'm going to replace you and that's going to be great. And that that does not go over well with Villanelle. And obviously Villanelle is already planning on deserting from the 12 and who knows what the plan was long term. But in that moment, she just starts beating the shit out of Rianne. She chokes her and chokes her and chokes her. And it seems like She's going to die. And then she straight up kicks her onto the subway tracks, tube tracks, and walks away after a subway has run over her. And it's very intense and graphic. And then we flip over to dear old Geraldine. Geraldine, who I will say has been getting a lot of hate in our Eve mail inbox lately, and we'll get into that when we when we read those questions. But she reads sort of an interventional intervention style letter of emotions to her mom, expressing all the things she's ever wanted to say to her, and it's very generous, and it's very much Geraldine saying like. I'm sorry, I've projected on to you the things that society says mothers have to be. Like, it's so, so kind. And Carolyn is, it reads hers afterwards to Geraldine. And it's just like, dear Geraldine, I think it's time for you to leave. That's it. It's so harsh. And Geraldine's obviously very upset by this. And Carolyn is like, you got to move out. This It's over. And they they go back and forth about feelings and about what, you know, Carolyn might be sublimating to, you know, instead of really expressing or really feeling. And Carolyn brags about her youth working on a kibbutz. And she explains that things are coming to a head. And that's the main reason that Geraldine has to get out. But she won't say anymore. And then we are in South London. And Eve goes to this gambling establishment and she figures out after some funny back and forth of her trying to bet on a horse that doesn't exist that she's actually there to see the owner based on the piece of paper Villanelle gave her from Constantine. And she says her name is Tallulah Shark. 
after two horse names she randomly sees on the screen and puts together in a real I love lamp moment. And it's it's very funny. And this was maybe my favorite Sandra comedic beat of this whole episode. And she finally meets the owner, Bruce, who says that it's the Russians package and she can't be mixed up with him. She seems so nice and she tries to convince him she's not a nice lady. And eventually he's like, well, you have the passcode or whatever. I can't stop you. So she collects it and pieces out. Meanwhile, Carolyn shows up at Bitter Pill where they have something to show her. Bear asks if she knows what Tang Bastics are, which I take is some sort of uh, British sweet, as they say. And Bear basically set up a secret camera to catch who was stealing his tangfastics. And I hope I'm saying that right. But honestly, even if I'm not, it's kind of hilarious to say. The camera reveals that, uh, oh, it was actually Kenny who was stealing them. But the big reveal is that it was on the day that Kenny died and they show Kenny talking to someone that day who Kenny leaves with presumably to go up to the roof and it's Constantine what okay so meanwhile Papa K runs into Eve trying to go to that gambling place and he demands the package it's not actually money it's just toys he said and she opens it up and it's a series of Russian dolls but with like the Russian leaders faces on them it's kind of funny he says it's for his kid and then Eve gets out of him that it's actually just got a barcode to where the actual money and go bags are stored meanwhile Villanelle shows up at Bitter Pill Carolyn's already gone but Constantine calls her and says you know Villanelle needs to tell Eve to give Constantine the item and Villanelle is like no I'm not gonna do that then you're gonna leave without me and it's very funny and there there is a funny it felt kind of out of place but a funny little back and forth with Villanelle and the bitter pill employees who are all just terrified that there's this evil assassin murderess in their offices and they are whispering to each other about like what she does with the penises which felt kind of out of nowhere but at the end of this scene there's a little button where she jokes with them about What she does with the good ones is pickle them and you don't even want to know the bad ones. Then we have this quick scene of fucking boring boss man Paul calling Papa K and saying he knows he's the one who's been stealing money from the 12 and he has to come. And we get a quick reveal at the end of that scene that he's at gunpoint. Uh, I wonder who it could possibly be. Obviously, it's Carolyn. And when Constantine gets there with Eve, Eve and Carolyn are very surprised to see each other. And then Villanelle shows up and she has such a good line where she's just like, this is something new. Who's he to Paul? And it's true. It just feels so strange and different to have all of these people in one place together and Carolyn forces them all to sit down and some of them kind of ask questions to each other Eve really wants answers especially out of Paul and it's just the feeling of this really fucked up dysfunctional family meeting and Constantine says he didn't kill Kenny but he was trying to warn him and then bring him into the 12 because he was too close but then Kenny got scared and kept backing up and backing up and stumbled off the roof and Carolyn doesn't really seem to buy this and her and Constantine have this very charged moment where 
she says uh they're talking about love and Constantine says says he loved her he loves her and she's like don't say that and it's it's so sad and she makes Constantine get on his knees and puts the gun straight up to his head and right at the last minute she pivots and shoots Paul and it's very similar to the Villanelle and Dasha moment where last mo that the last moment she turns and hits Dasha instead of her mark from the last episode and Constantine leaves very quickly and he asks Villanelle if she's coming with him or not and she says no because they're not family and Constantine seems genuinely hurt by this which is so funny considering he didn't want her to come in the first place and her coming is going to complicate him and his daughter's safety but it's it feels like a bit of a betrayal and then the episode wraps up pretty fast from there Carolyn calls someone to frame Paul's death as a suicide and, you know, Eve leaves and Villanelle chases out after her, basically after Carolyn's like, aren't you going to chase out after her? And she follows her to Tower Bridge and it's beautiful. It's such a, you know, cinematic shot. And Villanelle says that she doesn't want to do it anymore. And Eve says, what's happened to us? And for the first time, maybe ever in this series, Eve starts to seem to really accept her feelings for Villanelle and the situation they're in now and what brought that on. And Eve Eve has a line, a devastating line, where she says, when I try to think of my future, I just see your face over and over again. And Villanelle is obviously so happy about that, but... It's not like, oh, great, let's run away together. Everything's so, so deeply messed up now. Villanelle asks if she's ruined Eve's life, and she asks if she's a monster. And Eve says everyone has monsters inside, and they talk about their monsters, like, encouraging each other and how they killed Dasha together. Eve admits that after Villanelle, you know, hit her, she stepped on her chest really badly. and they talk about how they both think killing this woman together was romantic and that they're the only people who would think that and all the normals would be like so disgusted by it and eve asks villanelle to make it stop and villanelle says okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna turn back to back and then what we do is we don't turn just walk we're gonna walk and walk away and that's the only way we can basically stop this and they both do for a while, slowly, but then one by one, they each stop and they turn back and they make pretty intense eye contact. And that's it. That's the end. We end on this eye contact. We end with Villanelle, you know, having tried to do more of the right thing and having this whole last season been so filled with regret about the amount she's killed even amidst killing more and you know reckoning with her messed up childhood and murdering her own mother and then we see Eve sort of starting to acknowledge a this deep sexual attraction to Villanelle but also uh starting to accept the darkness in her and the fact that she has reached a point of no return and her life isn't like those normal people's lives anymore 
and it's it's really interesting. I have a huge smile on my face talking about this, which is funny. Uh, yeah, so let's get Maddie in here, and we will discuss. Uh, do you have any preference on how I introduce you? None at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Okay, great. We're just going to use this audio. <laughs> Please, yeah. No no preference. I couldn't even tell you what I consider myself. So, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends, welcome to the show. The wonderful Maddie Foley, actor, creator, writer, friend to all, hilarious stand-up, <laughs> former guest of the show. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad we planned it ahead of time. Uh, Yep, that was uh, rehearsed and (laughs) we booked studio space. Uh, It was good. Look, we're professionals, okay? It is what it is. (laughs) Uh, So Maddie, my friend, we are here to talk about the season finale of Killing Eve, season three. Okay, I'm probably going to have like 12 panic attacks throughout this. Um, I just watched the finale. I'm literally short of breath right now because I'm so excited to talk about it. (laughs) Good, Um, I'm glad. I just watched it, so I am like, I'm still reeling. My mind is on that bridge with Villanelle and Eve and... Okay. Why? Okay. What did you think? You tell me what you think first. I felt like somehow it both was less and more than I expected. I totally agree with that. Very little happened. Yeah. It wasn't that exciting. Exciting. But that whole last bridge scene and all of the even Villanelle in general, the dance hall scene. Yes. Them, them being in constant contact. Like I wasn't expecting that. It felt. Again, I've said this a little bit about the season previously, the bus moment. It felt almost fan fiction-y to me. Totally. So, so okay, here's where I've been. Because I did this show, I did this podcast season one. And so I loved season one. Obviously, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like, how do you even compare? Season two for me felt, okay, The I liked season two a lot what I liked about it was so different than what I liked about season one. Um, I loved the costumes. I loved the colors. I loved uh, the um, going into the psyche. I loved them switching roles. You know, Eve getting in touch with her bad side, Villanelle getting in touch with her uh, good side, quote unquote. Um, But the story for season two for me was a little bit all over the place. Like we didn't really hear much about the 12 and we didn't really see... Um, like I was also kind of like, how are they working together? Like that's, this is like (laughs) them being in constant contact. I was kind of just like, oh, now it's just kind of like the office a little bit. Like it's a weird, like there's no tension at all, but there were things I loved about it. I love the season finale of season two. Season three, we're back to like a procedural, like, you know, uh, Kenny has died and now, the pieces are moving to figure out who did this the pieces are moving to figure out like you know we're back onto the 12 so in that sense it the whole season for me was a little bit overall was a little bit lackluster Mm -hmm. but I loved the finale in that um because they haven't really been together this whole season 
now I'm like loving when they're dancing together. I'm loving like every line they say is like gold. Like I'm like listening so intently because they haven't been together in so long. Totally. It's like absence makes the heart grow fonder. We didn't Mm -hmm. get to see them together. So now we're getting so much of it concentrated in this episode. Yeah, I, I I was kind of surprised. I was surprised by how they framed it and I was surprised mm-hmm. by how much they gave us of even Villanelle and it's interesting because we know that it's a new showrunner every season so mm-hmm. this felt like to me a beautiful gift that this year's showrunner was giving the season four showrunner because you right. can take this moment of them on the bridge gazing into each other's eyes and you can go anywhere with it they can stay together and team up they can turn back around and go apart like it's really kind of a blank canvas it's true and if and if every season is going to be looking at sort of a different a different facet of their relationship having that starting point that's a little bit more neutral because like season one and season two we have these like elaborate finales where either someone's stabbed or someone's shot and now it's just kind of like they're brought to this neutral point so it truly could go anywhere So yeah, as a writer, you're like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh, God, thank you. (laughs) Where, you know, I know every season has had lots to go on, but last year when it was like, well, Eve's shot. (laughs) Yeah, Eve uh, got shot. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) It it made me think of in West Wing when Aaron Sorkin left slash was kicked off of the show. He famously wrote the show into like, a bunch of nightmare scenarios that were very confusing and hard to deal with as sort of a fuck you yeah I didn't know that that's hilarious yeah yeah he's a petty man anyway I was gonna say to one day be that petty oh that's the dream to have the power (laughs) to be that petty and be like I'll still work again I have lots of money uh, yikes. Well, let's get into the top, top, tops, because I think that will, I always say this, I think that will unlock <laughs> a lot of conversation, obviously. Um, I think if I ask you a question, it will unlock a lot of answers. You might have answers. <laughs> um, so let's start with top outfit. Um. Okay, this, uh, this one might be a controversial pick. Ooh. Um the suit that Villanelle wears in the dance hall. Yeah. I don't think that's absolutely. gonna be that controversial. Okay. Because so I I always look up recaps online um because I uh I'm an obsessive person, I guess would be the <laughs> <laughs> way You're in good company amidst this podcast that. community. Oh, I'm on, I'm on like anything I watch, anything I read, anything I even talk about with someone. I'm on Reddit. I'm on, I'm on Vulture. I'm on everything. Like the Chris, next day, going my partner deeper, Chris deeper, said deeper. to me the other day, we were watching a wonderful food travel show called Somebody Feed Phil featuring Phil okay. Rosenthal, one of the creators of Everybody Loves Raymond. It's like truly a middle-aged mom show and I love <laughs> it. Uh, but he said something about, he's like, yeah, we should post this to the Somebody Feed Phil Reddit. And I laughed so hard being like, there's no way there's a Reddit for this show whose demographic is like 60 and up. Is there one? We looked it up. Not yet. Okay. So someone can start. (laughs) That is so funny. 
Oh All that gosh, to say, you're in very good company of the <laughs> obsessive fan. Okay, so the outfit. So I was looking it up, and somebody was like, was like, uh, it's ironic that Villanelle says she looks devastating because she does, and not in a good way when she's wearing Ooh, that suit. Harsh. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> uh i'm gonna lose my mind because i because those colors on her the way that like it does like whenever she wears something that's a little bit more mask and it doesn't have to like fit her curves per oh god it's like chef's kiss i love it a hundred percent so beautiful in everything i'm obsessed i mean as we have firmly established this season we are a pro pantsuits podcast we love jody comer in any kind of a suit situation and the baggier slash boxier honestly the better the better she rocks it like it's it's insane to me I look at I look at them sometimes and I'm just like what would that even look like on me <laughs> like like that I would just look like a pile of clothes yeah sitting in the street I have I have like little micro flashes of jealousy when I see how clothes yeah. fit on her and then I'm like you know what it's all good no just enjoy it Go away, bad brain. Just enjoy it. Yeah. And I I think with Villanelle especially, she wears stuff that normal people don't wear. So like that suit is a great example where, no, I'm not going to wear that for like a day in Toronto because people would stare at me and be like, what is happening here? Are you okay, ma'am? But that's the beauty of Villanelle. (laughs) It's so true. It's also, um, there's also something about like north america versus europe that it kind of invokes like just style wise that it's, i'm always reminded of like the architecture the clothing everything about it i every time i watch this show i'm just like ugh. like imagine wearing something like that to like canadian tire to, like <laughs> to like pick up paint or something <laughs> for our international listeners canadian tire is our most famous hardware chain <laughs> and uh yeah you'd be a little out of place in that i did love that suit it was it was written down as a contender but for me okay. i was even more into her overcoat her like yellowy orangey overcoat oh yeah that's yeah i'm it, it yeah, I was gonna say that one reminds me of of Paddington Bear because it has the little the little clutch at the front. Yes, that's so perfect. Like and it's almost like a cape. And Villanelle could use some like Paddington positivity in her life for sure. <laughs> Just some kindness and goodness, especially at this moment that she finds herself. Oh, poor Villanelle. She's so broken by the end of this season. Oh my gosh, if you, ugh, to think that, to think that killing your mother would solve and fix you is like <laughs> beyond, oh my gosh. Oh, okay, let's, Anyways, let's move back, on. Back on track. Back, back to the tops. Let's do top line. <laughs> this was okay. a very funny episode and I know a lot of people wrote in and a lot of people in our Facebook group have been commenting that they were like cracking up the whole episode. So I'm impressed that they were able to fit so much funny in while still having the like tender, intense connection we got. Oh, that's what this show does best is like is find ways to bring levity to everything so that even when you're in a scene where someone's about to kill someone or you're in a scene where someone has just killed someone there is still going to be like 
a quip of sorts that it just makes you crack up like um okay so my top line I have two um so (laughs) obviously the the titular line are you leading or am I that the delivery of that line made me I don't know why I think it was because it was such a tense moment they're together it's romantic they're dancing on the floor and then um the way that the way that Sandra O oh delivered that was just like I don't know I don't know how to put it it was just such a sweet like genuinely does it genuinely what's happening moment because I think because it's the name of the episode I thought it was going to be like a really big like dramatic like who's leading this relationship (laughs) but like it literally was just about them dancing so that made me crack up and then my second one um which was a such a close second was when Carolyn says to her daughter uh dear Geraldine I think it's time you left I love both of those so much. Yes. So funny. That moment with Carolyn is just so brutal. And like, you know, it's coming. You know, Carolyn is not about to read a heartfelt, you know, apology to her daughter. Like, you know, never in a million years. But still, the harshness of her (laughs) shutting down everything Geraldine has just poured out and... Also, like, being like, also get the fuck out of my house at the same time and not taking seriously this thing they're supposed to be doing. Oh, Caroline. So funny. But but also, like, okay, I understand Geraldine as a, like, she's obviously Carolyn's foil. That's what she's there for this season. Um, and clearly the dynamics are hard, and I do feel bad for her to an extent. But there's another part of me that's just, like, get her out of here like I don't know what it is but I was so happy when Carolyn finally was like I can't I'm done it's funny that you say that we got a lot of email I don't know if it's in this week or in our like wrap-up episode we'll have to see when we get to that section but we got a lot of email sort of to the effect of what is the point of Geraldine like why did we waste so much time with her well, I, that was the other thing I saw in one of my uh, recap deep dives was people saying, why did we waste so much time with Geraldine? Like, if only to show Car- that Carolyn is like grieving in a really unhealthy way when we could have had more screen time on Eve, mm-hmm. who was like very... I think that's sort not... of the universal complaint of this yeah. season. Um, yeah. Oh, so such good lines, though. I also had a Carolyn line as one of my top lines when her and Villanelle meet off at the very top. And Villanelle asks, like, I want to know what the canteen is like. Yeah, and yeah. Carolyn's like, oh, do you mean here? And she says, no, at MI6. And Carolyn's answer is, it's heavily lasagna based. Sometimes they branch into cannelloni. <laughs> it was so, it felt like that sort of, Phoebe Waller Bridgie wit like random aside so specific so specific she like 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 everything is like um already an answer that's locked and ready to go like she's just been why she's been waiting for someone to ask her about that place for ages 
Uh, so uh, love that. And then I also, I did love the line, even though it was spoiled and all over promos with Villanelle and Rianne on the subway when she said, I was trained to look devastating. Yes. Obviously. Like, yes. it's such a burn. It's such a like weird <laughs> little like, I'm cooler well, than you. I'm fashion and you're not. And Rianne could not give less of a shit. <laughs> she's also in that scene like jumping up and down like a little kid that and it's like one god Jodie Comer is just such a phenomenal performer and she is so interesting to watch and especially when she's behaving like a little kid so it's like to have those lines like like juxtaposed with her jumping around like a kid and then she's like I'm devastating it's like so all over the place it's so funny (laughs) so so good uh okay let's talk about top kill so this was this season in general we've had way less kills um Mm -hmm. especially less villanelle sort of hits Mm -hmm. but this episode we did have a few so we had rianne and then Mm -hmm. we had paul's kill and also dasha's death question mark right Yeah. Okay. So I was actually going to ask you about what you think happened to Dasha because I um, wasn't sure if that would count because I'm 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 so enraged by her character near the end that I guess that probably would be my favorite death. But my favorite if she's dead, but my favorite kill, I think probably Paul only because I was like ninety nine point nine percent sure that Carolyn was going to kill Constantine. Yeah, me too. It's so funny because we have seen fake outs so much in this season, especially. I would say maybe too much, but it was still extremely effective. Well, I thought it it was almost like I thought they were building up to it because um, like because of, I guess, how kind of. I don't want to say underwhelming in a negative way, but like it's it's definitely a procedural season. So I thought they were leading up to this like intense sort of twist where not even a twist, but just like such an intense climax near the end where Carolyn has to finally make the decision because it is kind of like, do you avenge Kenny or do you um, let your former lover go? And like, I think I, I don't think I liked the fact that she let him go. Um well, it, it made me feel like maybe there is a small part of her that believes him or wants to believe him that it was not an intentional kill. Yeah, um, and, and she's unhinged and is like grieving finally at, at the very yes. end of that episode. We've also learned a lot this season that it's very likely that either Kenny or Geraldine is Constantine's kid maybe both Mm -hmm. of them so I think that adds a secondary layer of like well I've already lost my kid am I gonna kill the father of my child if he yeah yeah that's true and 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 truly she does probably I mean, if somebody, yeah, she does probably believe him. It and I and I was actually on the fence too until afterwards when he just totally turns the act off and he's like, "To Villanelle, are you coming?" And like his face is just like he's not even hurt. I was just like, "Oh, you did it for sure." Yeah, yeah. But Ugh. anyway, so that was my favorite uh, kill. Just I guess because I was I was genuinely shocked because I really thought. Um, Big Daddy K would be uh, knocked out. 
I I I also thought that was going to happen and I had like a series of gasps through this episode and that was mm-hmm. one where I was like oh, he's going to die and then she shoots Paul I was like ah he didn't die. Yeah, it's Paul like died. A double gasp. Um yeah. I thought that was great I think for me this one it was Rianne because that also surprised me she was a newer character and I know the show has done that before but I kind of expected her to be around for the next season it felt like they were leading to something with her yeah and even with um yeah they do do that a lot eh like with the um little assassin that uh villanelle takes on yes. like i was like okay well, let's settle into this new character <laughs> yeah oh, that done. episode <laughs> they're like nope <laughs> goodbye uh i yeah. also thought the way that it happened villanelle obviously they're both trained assassins mm-hmm. but villanelle is sort of breaking down in her will to be a killer and so seeing her like her killer instinct is there and she goes and she beats her and she chokes her but it's like she doesn't want to do it. She's fighting oh, herself. No. And then that like dramatic kick onto the subway tracks. It was just like a very, it felt like we were watching more of an emotional journey through Villanelle than an actual murder. Yeah. And I will even say the past like three or four episodes, Jodie Comer's facial range and of expressions has been out of this world like watching that scene you can tell she doesn't want to be doing this she knows she has to do it she's angry enough that maybe part of her wants to do it but she's like the struggle that's going on it's like girlfriend can capture a look 100 percent. she's so talented so talented I have to remind myself a lot, like, she's been acting since she was a child. She's done (laughs) so much work. I don't need to compare myself with her. That's an unfair comparison. Do not compare yourself to her. (laughs) Um, I... I uh, I read actually somewhere that she started with, um, like, radio plays. uh, Or, like, that was how, I guess, she started really taking it seriously. Um, And I was like, that's insane because her facial expression is the like best part about her so for her to even be also just good enough as a radio actress is like oh god you're just so talented she's a dream uh let that brings us to our last top which is top ship um it's it's a villain eve episode for me uh that's the correct answer i don't even think there is like (laughs) another option it just like they gave us a lot of what we want as fans it didn't feel hyper fan servicey like they weren't holding no. hands prancing off into the sunset no. so I was glad because sometimes with shows uh, that sort of build up to those things once you get it it's like well that's not how we wanted it exactly um, so I I was glad that it still felt real and hard and heavy I felt like a lot of their interactions as nice as it was to see see them together it wasn't sort of the like fun sizzly chemistry that we've seen previously with them it was this heaviness and it was like an it was an honest moment where like eve is realizing that that villanelle did not ruin her life she ruined her own life because and willingly because she wasn't even though yes she's like i had a husband i had a life i had a house she didn't want those things like those were not her desire and then she meets villanelle and she sees what what at her core she wants and that's what this whole entire series is about and so this moment of honesty of recognizing like 
we want each other so deeply yet all of these obstacles still exist even though my house is gone my husband's gone you know you're trying to leave um you know killing behind like even though all of these things are changing we still have so many obstacles to how do we be together I don't know if we can and like that's what for me was so mesmerizing to watch yeah 100 percent. like so sad but also lovely to see them kind of owning it especially eve Mm -hmm. owning it finally i know i know i think the fans were all like thank you yeah exactly uh it also made me laugh to think of like a year or so ago when sandra oh was like there's not a relationship between them people are crazy it's like do you see it yet sandra sorry what <laughs> she's, she's like they're just really best friends who want to just be friends. roommates yeah 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 <laughs> okay sandra okay uh okay let's get into our eve mails because we got quite a few eve mail eve mail we got this eve mail from kim And Kim says that she sent this right before the finale. So maybe she would change some of her mind. But she said, (laughs) I love this show, but I have to say, sadly, that this season has been rather disappointing. Characters that didn't really end up carrying much meaning, i.e. Geraldine, Audrey, took away from more depth into Eve. Her bitter pill mates, Irina, the transformation, Helene. I'm guessing we haven't seen the last of that freaky new assassin. Ha ha ha. Yes, we have. Um, (laughs) What happened to the cunning, coy, sophisticated storylines and dialogue? The cartoonishness of Villanelle's interactions, especially with Dasha this season. How is it that Eve has to go to extremes to find Villanelle, but somehow knows how to find Dasha at a bowling alley in Barcelona? (laughs) So true. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, I think this season, well, it's funny because I think like you, Maddie, season two was a bit of a disappointment for me and a real adjustment. And so I think that helped me go into season three with a more open mind. Like, okay, this isn't Fobby. Fobby. Okay, this isn't (laughs) Phoebe Waller-Bridge's show anymore. We're not going to have her sizzling wit in every episode. We aren't going to have the cleverness. And now there's even more sort of loose threads to pick up on and unanswered questions. So I think that helped me a little bit just let stuff go me too i I totally echo that 100 percent. the second season was so beautiful had beautiful moments the characters were truly just like acting i guess how they would but the story for me just wasn't there it was almost like again like a side quest like it almost wasn't connected to the first season they never talk about the 12 they never talk about um sort of things that have been set up in the first season and then so that that, yeah i agree i i learned to kind of just try to appreciate it for what it is and um there are plot holes and there are things that are given weight that shouldn't really be given weight and especially with people running into each other like (laughs) even like how did carolyn know that constantine was at that store randomly like i just feel like it happens constantly um and because of season two, I totally agree with that. Like, you couldn't have said it better. I've learned. I tried to, like, actively just let it go. Yeah, I think that the thing I would agree with in this message is that I felt like we did get so many new characters this season. 
and I didn't need that many new characters. I would have rather had a couple that we went deeper with, but like yeah. Audrey, Kenny's girlfriend, question mark, I didn't get the point of her at all. Like no. she did nothing and or bear. Like you could have combined those into one character. Oh, very 100%. And 100%. I loved Dasha. I thought she was like a very funny character to bring in. But again, it just was like, okay, well now we have to establish so much more. And now we're spending so much more time with this new character. And, and she's like, exactly. And she's like a primary player in this season. So then you're thinking like, okay, well, what's her story? Like, is are the tw- are the 12, do they actually like her? Are they playing her? Are they using her to do something? Like, and it doesn't really go into that. And yeah, so, it felt like a lot was sort of alluded to. Yeah. And then we never got a payoff. So maybe we will get some of that payoff in season four. I Again, I hope so. I hope we will see yeah. that. But she, I mean, that actress, Harriet Walter, Dame Harriet, is so Harriet. talented and so, is so yeah. funny. And I recently rewatched Sense and Sensibility, which is like a childhood favorite of mine. Yes. And she, I had completely forgotten she's in it. As That's like, what she's from. Yes. She's like the evil villain who's married oh, to their brother ex- who casts them out and it's is like, we're not giving them any money. And she's so good in it. And it was just so funny watching her as this like British sort of aristocrat. Um, but all that being said, yeah, why why are you giving us so much more of her and Helene? And like there yeah. are so, so many new characters. It felt like almost every episode. And yet it, yes. less Eve, so much it, less Eve. And so many people, like, so the 12 has become, like, less of this invisible, scary force and more of, like, okay, it looks like everyone and their grandmother is in the 12 now. <laughs> like, why are we meeting so many members and people connected to the 12? Like, it feels like the next episode's just going to be a 12 barbecue with everyone hanging out with their family. Everyone's there. They've all met. It's cool. Veggie like, yeah. burgers for all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I think that leads us into our next Eve mail, which is from Donna. Donna says, Hi, Christy. I love your podcast. I feel like I've learned more about the show than if I watched each episode over and over. Oh, thank you, Donna. That's so sweet. She says, one thing that stood out to me about episode 307 that I didn't hear you talk about was in regards to Geraldine. Clearly from her banter with Carolyn, the one thing that they always seem to talk about is the fact that Geraldine is a vegetarian. However, (laughs) when she showed up at Constantine's house by surprise and he asked her what she brought, she said, filet mignon and red wine. No mention of anything vegetarian. Was she only cooking for him or does she only eat eat meat with Papa K? I want to (laughs) know. Looking forward to your insight on this and all things Spilling Eve, Donna. Donna, that's an amazing catch. What a great question. I didn't think about, I, a vegan of 10 years, did not clock that for a second. Okay, so I did a little deep diving into Recap World, and I, and yes, exactly. Join me in Recap World. Uh, it's a, this is the segment within a podcast. If we had more time, I would definitely do a Recap World sound drop. Recap oh World. Recap World. The, um, so, so somebody offered the, that the stakes were, um, 
to entice Constantine because Geraldine was there to get information, not to actually have dinner with him. Her, She knew all along that he was playing her to get to her mom. And even though she didn't want to believe it and she wanted to be proven wrong, her only purpose for going there was to like coax that out of him, apparently, is what I read. I don't know how much I believe that or how much maybe they just were like, oh yeah, she's a vegetarian. Whoops. Yeah, that is really funny. I like maybe <laughs> if that's the case, she didn't even have steaks. Like she didn't have yeah. the filet mignon. She was just like, if I say this and he says yes. to stay, I'll know. Exactly, exactly. But Hilarious. I don't know. I don't know. I love that. I love that so much. The next message is from Anna and it reads Hi, it's Anna from Ukraine. Absolutely loved the finale and the last scene. If anyone has a doubt, together they, if they're together or not, the lyrics of the song, and you never leave me, tell me that you kiss me forever. The scene also echoes the previous finale where Villanelle wasn't able to identify Eve as someone more than property and was not able to let go, and Eve was at deep denial about her true self and her real feel- feelings towards Villanelle. In these scenes, Villeneuve seemed to be based on Orpheus and Eurydice, portrait of a lady on fire says hello, with the whole don't turn around because if you do, we'll be apart. Even one of the most famous paintings they had was green and red colored outfits. I just loved the last scene so much that I can almost forget every flaw in season three, <laughs> except Geraldine's character and the lack of Eve slash Sandra. <laughs> Anna. Everyone. Fantastic. Yeah, you're you're not alone in that. That's so funny. Uh, we got a few more uh, emails about the final scene, so I'll read those and then we'll yeah, yeah. jump into it. This one is from Catherine. Catherine says, Hi, I love listening to the podcast throughout this season. This was an incredible finale. I just keep thinking about that final scene. Jody and Sandra's acting and chemistry is breathtaking. Every scene with them in this episode felt so natural and authentic. I think one of my favorite things this season was getting to see Villanelle's character development. She went from thinking that love is about possession, the your mine in the season two finale, to being ready to let Eve go since she thought that was what was best for her. It reminded me of the quote, if you love somebody, let them go. If they return, they were always yours. And on the recurring topic of family this season, I think that when Villanelle won't go with Constantine, since she said he wasn't family, it's because Eve is her family now. Yes. Especially when Eve turned back around at the end. I think that's when Villanelle realized that Eve is someone who will stay with her and be with her despite her flaws. She's her chosen family and Villanelle won't abandon or leave her like she did to her actually fa- actual family who wouldn't accept her. Eve even says that she doesn't want a normal life because she knows that Villanelle can't have that and Eve would have to give that up to be with her it gave Mm -hmm. me chills i definitely think and truly hope that villanelle and eve will be together next season possibly working with carolyn although i can't lie i'd kill to see their adventures if villanelle and eve ran away together do you have any predictions or hopes for the next season thanks Catherine in new jersey hashtag all pantsuits are good pantsuits (laughs) Catherine, fantastic okay i i think that that's so well put and I that, that almost made me cry. Yeah, it's really <laughs> lovely. But I don't personally, I do not think season four is going to see the two of them running away on adventures together. I would love it to be true, but I just I can't let myself believe that. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. And 
and and it, truthfully, when I saw them together so much in season two, I actually I liked the idea of it better than the execution of it because I found it just got so mundane when they were working together. Do you know what I mean? Like just even being in close proximity. So 100%. if they if they are together in season four, I would love it to be done in a way that still keeps the tension up and still and doesn't like just reduce it down to like a office drama. Yeah, a hundred percent. I right? think it's so funny that you liken it to that because that's absolutely right. Like if the norm just becomes the two of them, you know, going yeah. through mundane shit together, that really changes the whole tone and vibe of the show yeah exactly yeah so um, I don't know it would have to be done in such a interesting way we also got an email similar from a listener named Claudia Claudia said hey I've been a longtime listener but I've never written in but now I have feelings that absolutely need to come out first off love I love the finale especially that end scene I found it so powerful and she said a lot of the same things about um, the growth of Villanelle yeah. she said I think what struck me most is how they showed us instead of just telling us about the growth of both Villanelle and Eve as soon as Villanelle told Eve to start walking and look Ne and never look back I was like how is Villanelle being so selfless totally the contrast between the season two finale and this finale was staggering I was just in awe also I was very surprised that Constantine made it out of the season alive and I was sure he wasn't going to I can't wait to see what happens in season four because each character is so interesting to me for different reasons Claudia I was kind of also surprised that Constantine made it out alive, which I oh, love Papa yes. K. I was very happy about it. But the whole, as soon as they showed us that he is the person who killed Kenny slash was responsible for Kenny's death, I thought there's no way. There's no way. Like no. that, that was really sad to see. So sad. And his evil, and his evil little half smile he does when he's walking away. I was just like, ugh. Papa K, you did a bad thing and you don't deserve to get away with it. Oh, Papa K, why? You killed your own maybe son? You, oh, God. <sighs> Heartbreak. Okay, the next email is from Eleanor. It reads, hey, Christy and guest, hope you're well. My name is Eleanor and I'm from Kent in England. I'm a fairly new Killing Eve fan, but I absolutely adore the show and this podcast. Oh, my God. Was literally laughing my head off the whole way through at so many scenes throughout this episode. My favorites included Villanelle with Eve's work crew. Bear was hilarious. That was yeah. a very funny scene. That, I forgot about that. That was so funny. <laughs> Constantine and Eve with the money. Next season, I would love to see more of these two together. And, of course, Carolyn being her amazing, brutally honest self to her daughter. The mm -hmm, last scene mm -hmm. made me very emotional as we saw a softer side to Eve and she finally admitted that she constantly thinks about Villanelle and their future together and she turned around first when they tried to part ways when usually Villanelle is the one chasing Eve. What do you and your guests think of that final scene and which characters do you wish we would have seen more of in this episode? Thanks for keeping us entertained during these difficult times. Love, Eleanor. P.S. Dasha is alive and will come back in season four. <laughs> Whoa, Eleanor, bold words. I don't know if you have an inside scoop or if that's a guess, but... Yeah, she's got an inside line on that. <laughs> fascinating. I feel like I want proof. Um, uh, yeah, the last scene is my eyes were glued to the television. Like, to see 
to see everyone said it but to see Villanelle's growth and her trying putting Eve before herself I mean you do see it in the scene before where she doesn't run to save Constantine because she because Constantine did something that hurt Eve he killed Kenny so Villanelle takes Eve's side in that moment and then to see that maturity continue where she's saying do you think I ruined your life like and and acknowledging what the little games she's been playing and really taking honest stock of like I love you and I want to do what's best for you that is like breathtaking like that scene was just that scene was worth it for me I know a lot of people are unhappy with it being like a little bit ambiguous but I just loved it yeah I also thought that this episode was so good in showing Eve be the initiator we saw it in the dancing scene she's the one who asks Villanelle to dance when she can tell Villanelle is upset we see it in this last moment like we see I think it's all part of Eve starting to kind of own her feelings around this situation and this person and be a little more proactive yeah and that's really fun to see instead of just constantly seeing her be the one be chased and shocked and surprised and getting all of these mysterious deliveries it's nice to see her her kind of owning her power even if it's in a very dysfunctional way yeah and also like she doesn't have a home and a family to go back to now and that's not because Villanelle ruined her life but it's because of the choices that she herself made and I think she is starting to accept that and you're right like owning it and now recognizing what she really wants yeah totally okay we have one last email this one is from Adrian and it says hi again Christy and co I found myself liking this episode but not enjoying it particularly as I found it generally too predictable a common theme with season three for me I do wish Carolyn had caught shot Constantine dead um yeah me too (laughs) uh, her shooting Paul seemed like a bit of a cop out to me she clearly Mm. knew that she was responsible for Kenny being killed she even feels guilty and says so murdering Rianne also seemed inappropriate given that Villanelle wanted out of the killing game Probably the best part was seeing even Villanelle interacting again, both as very changed people and both for different and the same reasons. Regards, Adrian. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's been kind of a theme with this whole episode is there's been a lot of repetition. So like we said with sort of like the fake out kills, that's happened. I wish I had counted. I feel like four or five times in this season. Oh, that's your other that's gonna be your sub podcast called Fake Out Killing <laughs> Yes, that's right. Fake out kills. Fake out killing. Um yeah, I so okay. The other thing too, so talking about the killing of Rianne being inappropriate, I again, I think that's something that I stopped looking for since season two of these like elaborate kills where I'm just like, ah, how is she getting away with these at this point? Um, like even you know what I mean? Like even doing it publicly in a subway, I definitely got the feeling of like this isn't the appropriate way to be doing this or the appropriate move if you want to be moving away from being a killer. But yeah, or if you want to stay low on the 12s radar, like, oh, kill one of their up-and-coming assassins. For me, I kind of bought that a little more, though, because I thought 
it was I didn't seem hyper premeditated like yeah it felt it's like not planned you're right you're felt right like she kind of snapped and got personally hurt and upset by this person right. started going into her automatic mode of like oh I'll just kill them found right, like caught right. herself doing that you see on Jodie Comer's face a, a moment of sort of regret and not wanting yeah. to follow through with it and then she just does because she's in it too far yeah no that's right that way that makes way more sense like it's messier because of where she's emotionally at that makes sense yeah it's like she's sort of losing some of her ability while she's gaining empathy and human yeah. emotion yeah no that makes sense yeah uh but but I know I I, I feel like people have been very split on this season in general and we are going to do like a season wrap-up episode with our um moderators from the Facebook group which I'm looking forward to oh that'll be so fun yeah so if anyone has any general thoughts or questions or loose threads that didn't get answered or things that are you know still weighing on you or very interesting <laughs> you know ideas of what season four is going to be feel free to send those in to spilling eve at gmail.com would love to hear your thoughts and that brings us to recommendation station uh so all season long we've been recommending other things for people to listen to and watch in between killing eve episodes of course killing eve is now over who knows when we'll get the next season i'm sure it was supposed to be sometime in early 2021 but now uh, yeah. with COVID, I have no idea when they'll be able to shoot, much less, you know, do post-production. So totally. we may be waiting a while. But much more importantly than that, um, the world is going through a lot of heavy shit right now. But especially in North America, um, there have been unprecedented uh, amounts of violence towards Black people by the police. And it has been something that has been shared more widely on social media recently. Um, But it's something that's been going on for a really, really long time. And uh, it's very upsetting. um, But it's very important, I think, not to turn a blind eye to. And especially uh, if you are not a Black person, uh, to educate yourself on and to find ways that you can actively um, help instead of just you know sitting on the sidelines or like sharing a meme here or there it's so wonderful that you're able to um share this with them and and reach out to people and and speak about it um i i think that's a great great use of your voice thank you maddie i mean it's so small and i know you and i had even talked about debating even releasing this episode today because it seems so uh silly it it feels weird yeah in the midst of like (laughs) you know all everything that's happening um yeah but I think the least we can do is is these recommendations and using this platform so yes so my my two main uh viewing recommendations are going to be when they see us which is Ava DuVernay's series on Netflix about uh, the Central Park jogger case and the five young black men who were falsely accused and then prosecuted um, for this assault of a woman and the police corruption in it. And it is very, very hard to watch. Um, It's really upsetting, but I think it is basically mandatory viewing, especially if you live in North America. There's racial... uh, injustice everywhere and I I don't mean to single it to North America but but if you do live in North America or if you do feel like you can watch this 
it's really important and it's really upsetting to see how long these kinds of things have been happening and yeah. how unfair it is. And there's also like a companion special with Oprah Winfrey where they interview the actual five exonerated men who the series is based on. And yeah, it's it's really wonderful watching. If you're looking for something a little more um, fictional, a little more escapist right now, which I totally get, uh, the series Watchmen uh, is oh, not fabulous. the film, but yeah, the series is yeah. really great. It's very entertaining. The acting's wonderful, um, but it talks about racial injustice, especially against Black people in the United States, and also about sort of uh, what it looks like to have a police state in really interesting ways. Um, and yeah, I would really recommend those two. I also want to say, if you have a platform to reach people, please use it to talk about this. It Maybe that means just silencing your own stuff for a while and leaving that room for Black voices to be able to talk about everything that's happening. Maybe that means sharing resources to your community. Maybe that just means like literally talking to your family who... Yeah. That's you know, huge. you would never usually say these things to or speaking up when someone says something that's sort of like subtly racist. Yeah. That's uh, and if part you have. Work. Yeah. And, it, and it's not easy. Like, it's not easy at all. Um, but it's really important. And if you have resources in terms of money that you can share right now, I would really highly recommend um, donating some money to either local causes that support uh, black people in your community and or the Black Lives Matter organization. There are local chapters and then there is the main organization or the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which uh, helps exonerate people. And I, I just I can't recommend that enough. Yeah, I agree. I even would like to piggyback and um, especially to all of uh, our white friends, um, there is a nonfiction book written by Robin D'Angelo called White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. I just bought it and I'm starting to read it now. It's uh, crucial reading. Um, and I would also like to piggyback with uh, donations. Um Reclaim the Block is a great organization. It helps uh, marginalized communities in Minnesota with um, safety measures and uh, deals with a plethora of, of issues that um, the black community there faces. Minnesota Freedom Fund, Black Visions Collective. Um, and if you're Toronto-based, um, Justice for Regis, you know you're familiar with that. Um, so whatever you're able to do is, uh, is, is, is so important right now and, and always. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think that's a really important point is right now people are really fired up. Yeah. It's all over social media and because of COVID and so many of us being stuck at home, we're right. on the internet even more than usual. Yeah. And that's great. And I think it's, it's wonderful that it's becoming a more widespread message right now, but this is not like a new thing. No. And this is also not something that's going to be solved by a couple weeks of like, 
you know, quaint memes and oh, no, totally. platitudes online. So I think that that's a really important thing to remember is that this is like a, a huge systemic long-term issue yeah. that is going to take a lot of work and it's going to be really difficult to stay in, especially for people who are privileged and aren't the ones being, yeah. you know, marginalized yeah. and aren't the ones living in fear. Uh, I think I think it's going to take a lot of work to stay vigilant. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's really important. And thank you yeah. to everyone for letting us take this time to to chat about this. Yeah. And and uh, just take the time to listen to your non-white friends and uh, and people that you know in your life. Yeah. And make sure that you're educating yourself and not putting the burden yes. on oh, people gosh, of color yes. yeah. to teach you about racism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you are a person of color or a black listener to this show, I hope that you are doing OK. And I hope that we can provide you with a little bit of uh, diversion and entertainment right now. And if anyone has resources or any kind of links that you would like me to share with the Spilling Eve community, please send those in to us. You can DM us or email, and I will make sure to send those out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that brings us to the end that's of the great. podcast. Such a yeah. fun, cheery ending <laughs> to this season. Oh, man, these, these are weird times. We started with COVID, and we're ending with and police ending. brutality. Yeah. Yeah. What a year. I do want to thank everyone who has been supporting the podcast over this season. It's been nuts. I have uh, had uh, struggles and we've had technical difficulties and it's been rough, but you have all made it totally worthwhile. So many people, way more than either of the past two seasons, writing in every week with Eve Mail and supporting us online and sharing the podcast and rating it, like all of that stuff. It's so generous and we really really appreciate it and hopefully we will be back for season four like i said season four is totally up in the air um but please let me know if you have any gossip if you know why dasha is definitely coming back (laughs) i'd love more details and we are going to do our one final wrap-up episode uh, and then yeah that'll be it for this season so i will talk to you all soon have a great day and remember do not kill anyone this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar don't kill anyone (laughs) no one it should be easy please